student-run radio. The show is produced from his very own student body. He uploads every Monday, <laughs> ideally. <laughs> Today on Octopus Hello, hello everybody. I'm recording in the living room and people are sleeping, so I'm whispering. So today on Octopus Sounds, we have a brand new show called High Takes, brought to you by Texas Manning. It is a show where, um, People have hot takes, but they're, uh, you know. And then we have another episode of Best Becca. You already know the drill. Following Best Becca, we have uh, Clara Wan showing an elevator piece. The only description I was given was it is two elevators communicating with one another. Following that elevator piece, we have a new episode of Shit You Should Know, the Timbo Interview. So welcome to my segment of Octopus Sounds on the new show. We're coming to you right now from the High Takes Couch. That's the name. I spoiled it. High Takes, which is like hot takes, but <laughs> different. Um, I have my first guest with me here today, Arlo. How are you, Arlo? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm honestly, I'm a little bit nervous. This is mm. my first I my first time being interviewed before. Well, this is also my first time interviewing someone and also being on Octopus Sounds. Yeah! We just high fives. Yes, that was what that sound was. Oh, so what is your hot take for high takes today, Arlo? Fuck the American medical industrial complex. Mm. Don't trust your doctors. Mm. And the concept of diagnosis is whack mm. in the u.s so you think this is such concept wow we love being smart um that doctors are bad i don't think not bad but like the way they do stuff is bad yeah i've been i've just been i've been thinking about it a lot recently the medical healthcare system is fucked for sure it's like i've been thinking about it in relation to like mental health care and how like I've been thinking about it because I feel like at the age that we're at, like a lot of people, when they're talking, they will use like humor talking about like mental health stuff. And there's a lot of people who are like very, will just like casually like mention like clinical terms for mental health issues they have Mm. and act like they're the only one who experiences it. And I want to be like, Oh my god, therapy and psychiatry are really exclusive by class and like yeah, finances yeah. and so there's lots of people who like have the same experiences but don't ever get to like put a name to it because they can't mm-hmm. afford. Is this too is this too serious? No. Okay. Cool. It is a hot take can be serious. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got misdiagnosed at the doctor. That's at what, urgent care. That with, should happen. And corneal ulcer which i did not have which is an ulcer on your your cornea yeah on your eye what happened so what happened is that some tiny little microscopic well not microscopic i could see it was maybe like a millimeter 
Um, that's big. That's big that's a for centimeter. your eye. Like, yeah, for your eye. Like, it's like, big. it looked like a weird zit on my eye. Oh, my God. And it would, like, roll around. And it would, like, hurt Whoa. and sting. And it was, like, light sensitive. And I had it in for a week because I was in San Francisco. And I didn't <laughs> want to go to the doctor because I'm scared of doctors. And then I went to the urgent care. And she was like, that's a corneal ulcer. You have to go to your eye doctor immediately. So I had to get on the next train and go home to my eye doctor. And then I got billed for both doctor's appointments. It's like full, no insurance because my insurance sucks. Thanks, Tufts. Um, and the eye doctor just numbed my eye and scooped the thing out. And it was just a nettle, like a, a tiny, nettle. tiny nettle that would have been on like a plant. Like it was super tiny and it just like had the most microscopic little hooks i'm making a hook shape with my hand that it was just stuck in the like fluid and texture of my eye (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it rolled around it caused me a lot of pain but it was not a corneal ulcer because ulcers don't fucking move around that shit is crazy and she was just like nope there it is and then she made all the other nurses come in because she was like this is so rare we never get to see this and they all got to look at my eye after i just like laid there and thought about how she had just diagnosed me with a corneal ulcer and how I had an ulcer on my eye as all these nurses like x-ray blu-ray like what's a fucking blu-ray. ultraviolet <laughs> blu-ray bitch they brought up the blu-ray dvds yeah they uh. brought up blu-ray dvds and I had to watch them it was awful no do you ever yeah, I'm thinking about those videos this is not about my hot take this is about you said nettle and I was like do you know those videos where people dig around in someone's ear and finally they find a bug in it and they're like it's crazy he had a bug in his ear yeah. for years like monster inside me which I used to watch and like make me want parasites mom. yeah anyways that has nothing to do with that at all i just wanted to bring it up it's yeah that's rhymes. cool yeah i ranted off of your hot takes so that's all right but we're at six minutes which feels like a, a nice wrapping up point for our pilot episode of high takes um, I don't know why I said that like a weird announcer. Uh, it's because you run the podcast. Yeah, I run it. Not fucking Randy or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Randy. Hey, what's up? I added this too. It's all good. So I think we're going to um, wrap it up Can I here. just say something quickly? Yeah, sure. To all the doctors out there listening right now. Mm-hmm. Shout outs to you. I don't hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, just be your better. Your job is really hard. Just... Be better and and be better and society. This one's more at you. Society, we live on. <laughs> okay, yeah. At society, you didn't finish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> at society. Oh, I'm a hate listening to this back. <laughs> be better. Alrighty, that's a message to everyone as well. Oh, and can I say a message to Sim quickly? Sure. If it's bedtime, it's nighttime right now while we're recording this, so... I mean, it's like... Dude, it's dark out. It's dark. Okay. Good night. If you're going to bed at 8 o'clock, good night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alrighty, cool. That's his high take signing off. Thanks, you Arlo, again. Thanks, you Arlo. (laughs) Thanks, Arlo, again. Okay, goodbye. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Best Becca, an advice show. Today, we have a couple people writing in with some problems, and 
Well, you know the drill by now. I'm going to give them advice. The first person to write in says, Help! My professor sits on his iPad all throughout our critiques. What should I do? Sincerely, sick of this shit. Well, sick of this shit. Next time you see him doing that, just fucking smack it out of his hands, man. He can't be doing that shit. That's not cool. You're there for his guidance and critique and professionalism because he's a, he's a professor. The next person to write in says, My cat continues to knock shit over all night long to keep me awake. How do I chill her out before bed? Sincerely, sleep. Well, sleep. I've never owned a cat before, but I have heard of something called catnip, and I think, I think that would help. Generally, if you give a cat, like, cat drugs, the cat will then proceed to be cat high and will be cat chilled out. So, so do that. Hopefully you'll get some sleep soon. The next person to write in says, oh man, says, how does one be? Sincerely, once again, I'd like to say, please be more specific. Do not, do not send me this. Just send me actual, please. Please just send me, please just send me actual problems. How does one be? Here's how one should be. When one is being, and one is asked to send in problems to an advice show, one should be sending in actual problems. But then again, I, I do really appreciate all the last minute submissions that I've gotten this week. I have been very lazy and not put up any new posters ever since counseling and wellness took them down, but I'm gonna put them up tomorrow, so hopefully we'll get some new and fresh submissions. But in the meantime, if you would like to submit, please submit your problems, issues, and woes to tinyurl.com slash octosoundsadvice. Wishing you the best, Becca.
Welcome to You Should Know. All right, there we go. Much we better. Go. Much so, better. In case you guys want to know what the fuck's going on, we have a nice glowing knife chopping things in the background. First, let me tell you what the fuck this is. This is Shit You Should Know. I forget what episode number we are on. I think this is episode seven. Correct me if I'm wrong, Randy. Episode six. It's your boy, Schmo. And I'm here with one of my bestest friends ever, a man with a mystical mind. Some may call him my rival when it comes to photography. I just call him Timbo. Thank you for coming to Shit You Should Know. I'm sorry that Randy's not here. You're welcome. We, it's yeah. better he's not. Yeah, to be honest. Can't spend too much time around him. I edit this, you poop. We're here today not to talk about anything that you really care about, besides or maybe... You know, Shiba's. I'm honestly, I'll be honest, my love for Shiba Inus has toned down. It's not what it used to be. Why? I can't answer that. That's a question I don't have the answer to. Just, it's, it'd be like that. That's my only answer. Does it really be like that or is it really just like that, you know? There are things that are definite and those are things that are like that. The things that be like that are the things that are variable and are subject to change. You're right, you're right. Like getting hit by a car, that's not definite, but it can be like that. Honestly, it really do be like that. I just be crossing the street. Yeah. So I do have a few questions for you. I. We're going to talk first with your photography. That's something that we both hold near and dear to your heart. Okay. So when did you start out taking photos? I started shooting video before I started shooting photos. I started shooting video in 2010 on like, you know, like the Sony Hi8 yeah. cameras? The digital, the digital equivalent of that. Uh, so their DV variant the, from like 2004 that yeah, they first released probably? Yeah, but it didn't use any tapes. It was on an SD card. Oh, yeah. I have one of those. I have yeah. one from Panasonic. I was literally just like filming the stupidest shit because I was like 11 years old. But I was using Premiere at the time and like learning Premiere. Yeah. And then I got a T5i in I think 2013. That's when photography like started kind of taking off in my brain more than video. Yeah. You've been with that since then pretty much. Yeah, honestly. Like I'm starting to get back into video in a more serious sense now because of the resources I have available to me. But yeah. since then, it's mainly been still image. So would you like to describe what your still image work is based upon? For the majority of what I would call like my formative years as a photographer, the still image work was kind of based off like whatever the one sex is really important. <laughs> I'm going to link this video in our description. This is a person cut in a firework with uh, a live firework with a hot knife honestly shout out to him for being that ballsy so my form <laughs> my formative years was kind of like whatever i would just like take photos or whatever my friends and i were going out i would bring my camera i'd be going somewhere i'd bring my camera i'd like set up little like still lifes in my house but that's not like what interests me now i mean i do have interests like especially in documentary photography and like street aspects and then like I used to skateboard and unfortunately I'm not able to now due to injuries. Skateboarding culture and just like street culture around that definitely still influences me as a photographer as well as hallucinatory experiences I've had. They've like come to literally shape the actual images of my work that I've been working on recently, especially on 35 millimeter film that I'm putting together into a portfolio. I've seen some of that work because I'm always near you, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe not unfortunately, but just like we're always skating. 
We got into your 35 millimeter talk a little bit. Oh, no. They're not ready. As you know, I've just started shooting film. I'm a digital boy at heart. I'm just an e-boy, I guess, as some would call it. But, like, I fuck Uh, with film now. Wait, can we talk about that topic? Of e-boy culture? Of e-boys, yeah. Yeah. So, I've been using twitter.com for a very long time yes e-boy meant a completely different thing it was video Bef- game before 2017 before 2017 e-boy meant like you were a kid that played video games on the internet and had clout because of it and due to that like you were just like hitting girls in the dms yeah it sounds really gross but that's what e-boys that's like the actual definition and now i honestly can't describe what the definition yeah. is i think that e-boys now kids who think that they dress well guys who yeah, think kids, that they dress well keyword think keyword who paint their nails black yeah wear striped shirts and skinny jeans and, and anything checkered from bands sometimes toss on fucking vintage clothes and though they're fucking fucking 2000 like 18 or 16 and just like okay like I'm a traditional e-boy in a sense where, like, I had clout from playing COD. Same, sadly. <laughs> and Or Maple Story, if y'all know about that shit. Oh, shit. But, the, uh, the servers for that game are still up. Yeah, I know. They. I have friends it, that have been playing in, like, recent time. Yeah, they just made a new server for East Coast again, and I'm yeah. just like, damn. You're like, damn, there goes my GPA. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Since we just skipped the 35 millimeter and went to we internet culture. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, can let's, st- we can stay here. Let's stay here for a little bit. Describe to me what part of the internet you like to be a part of. <laughs> what part of, where in the where on the internet do I live? Yeah. Okay, recently I've been spending less time on the internet. Quite sadly, I don't really know where I live on the internet right now. Like, it's kind of like I go on Twitter sometimes while I'm making art, and, like, all I see is, like, Ian Woods posting, because he posts 32 times a day. I'm about to unfollow that, man. You need to get interactions, bro. Yeah, fuck the interactions. And then I see, like, some other artists, but then uh, I just see League of Legends patch notes, and then I close Twitter. <laughs> so you live on League, is what you just told us, uh, pretty much. I mean, I, do, I play League in my free time, just, for, like, here and there, so... Baby, Wait, I can't be mad at you. Like, yeah, we all have our vices. We all have our vices. <laughs> Yours just happens to be League Mine of Legends. Mine just happens to be the most pop uh, played video game in the world. Still number one on Twitch. Still number one on Twitch. Indo Dota is better, but we're not going to get into that fight today. <laughs> uh, I honestly have no stance on it. There's a lot of people who will fight me over that one. There's a lot of people who will fight for either side. I have no stance. I just enjoy playing one game. Yeah, I mean, they're fun if you like clickety-clicks. If you like right-clicking. Yeah, like... And pressing Q, W, E, and R. I hate it, so... Reason why I'm never there. All right, so... I guess we can wrap back to 35mm right now. Since fuck digital photography, right? Fuck digital photography. I mean, yeah. It's not like I only shoot digital anymore, so... Yeah, fuck you digital head-asseries. So you're sounding like me in 2017. <laughs> so like you shoot black and white primarily. I mean, I think a lot of people think that I shoot black and white mainly because I prefer black and white. I mean, it's true that it's, it's really not though. <laughs> I shoot true. black and white mainly because I can develop black and white myself and it costs a lot less money. So you're primarily a black and white photographer. I'm, yeah, I'm primarily a black and white photographer, but not out of like preference or like my work does better in black and white. Just 
That's just your mojo of working modes of working right it's, now. It's a more efficient way of working for me. Yeah, I can't. I'm not like mad at you. Yeah. I've been like, fuck, I have all just color film that I don't want to see. That I haven't sent out. And then three months later, oh, fuck, I have more color film I haven't sent out. Yeah. Two years later, why the fuck do I have 50 rolls of color film? Oh, it's because I never sent it out. Do you like the process of developing your film? Because some people like hate it. And I half the reason I shoot film is because the workflow helps me conceptualize and think about my work. Have you ever heard somebody like talk about like, have you ever heard boomers talking about waking up at 5 a.m.? Yeah. And how like they wake up and they get in the shower and they make their plan for the day in the shower, that type shit. Yep. It's kind of like that. So I guess you yeah. can say, okay, boomer right now. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to let that one slide. Yeah. So like, I shoot the work, but then when I'm developing it, I'm like thinking, and if I know what's on the roll, I'm like, just like my brain is in like a full whirlwind about like what I can do with these photos. And then they're drying and then I have to scan them, which takes another two hours. And I'm like seeing the images as I scan them. So it's like more preparation time where I can just like look at the images, yeah. but can't do anything with them. So you think because during that like incubation stage, yeah, it's, it's literally, it's literally yeah. mental incubation. It's like perfect for you to like finally come up with the concept. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, I can't do that. <laughs> film photography, as much as I, like, say, like, digital photography is, is shit, in my opinion. Film photography isn't for everybody. I love the look of film. Yeah. And I love shooting film. It gets to the point where you're just like, yo, it, I have to, like, actually be careful. It's time consuming. It's mentally taxing. It's financially taxing. It's, it has a big payoff, but it's not for everybody, like I said. Yeah. Are you looking... For a new camera, by any chance? Like, are you going to scale up soon? Um, so I formerly had a medium format camera. I formerly had a Yashica Mat 124G. Yeah, I remember which that. Which I sold. I'm in the market for a Mamiya RF645 or Mamiya RB67. You think that you're going to be lugging that bad boy around with you if you get it? Or is it more just a preparation type thing i won't be lugging it around like every day but i'll definitely like have it have that thing on me that's like a little issue that i've been having recently like carrying around like cameras and stuff yeah because like i had i had two cameras in my bag coming to school and from school for yeah. a client shoot and it was like wow, I haven't done this in so long and I remember why I don't. Yeah, you're just like, fuck, like, this as an etcher, like, three pounds in my bag for I, no reason. Yeah, I had the A7S II and my Canon AE-1P in my bag and it was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I get, like, pissed off when I keep my little, like, Canon sure shot in my bag. <laughs> and it's just, like, strictly for when I see something that's interesting yeah. and I need to capture it. And then I'm just like, yeah, like, this shit is, like, Two ounces, but it takes up space. But you feel it. Yeah. For some reason, you don't seem to make your album, well, like your song covers, your photos that you take for yeah. the most part. Is there a reason behind that? I have these really interesting random images. I have like a big folder and they're just way too interesting to not do anything with. So that's what I use them for. All right. Yeah. Because I was like... Yo, these are photos that Tim I know keeps like just in his back pocket. <laughs> these are photos I know he has that he just uses for random shit. Yeah. And two flip flops floating in a pool. And it sometimes like pisses me off. I'm like, why do you have this? 
like you can go and sell this on stock image <laughs> and just like get like an easy like quick five bills yeah. have you considered that recently well those photos actually are stock photos yeah like you want me to re you want me to flip stock photos yeah flips for all you guys all you upcoming photographers in the world i'm gonna let you in on a secret don't do portraits don't do weddings. You want to know why? They're not reliable sources of income. I shot, popular. I shot client portraits for like two years. And like, did I did I make money? Yes. Was it hell because clients never know what they want and are unprepared even like when you finally get to the shoot? Yes. Would I do it again? No. Would I recommend it? Probably not. I wouldn't even recommend wedding photography. Yeah, wedding photography is... For a very small group of people. Like, but I'm being honest, guys. Stock photography, bro. Like, stock photography is high key the juice, not gonna lie. I wish I would have known that when I was first starting out. Now I wanna be like a fashion photographer type of head assery because it's close enough, but I'm just yeah. like, yo. If you take a photo of a sunset and a woman over the age of 50 says it's fire, you try to sell it to a stock photo website. Yeah, pretty much. Remember when I was like trying to get home goods and Marshalls to just buy oh this stupid? Oh my god! You were you were on a like a three month tangent of trying to become the next like creative designer for like home goods and Marshalls. I have no idea why, but you were. All right, so hear me out. The images that they choose for the abstract art, it's just someone going into Photoshop and or Illustrator with the paintbrush, and then doing distortion effects. Yeah, but like in a maintained way. And me being the artist I am and a capitalistic society that we live in. We I live was in like, a society. I was like, I can definitely do this. And then like home goods, come on now. Like they kinda got the game on lot. You gonna they go to do, home they sense? Do have, they do have a juice on on abstract art. Not even gonna lie. I would put some of their shit up in my house that yeah. well, just like I need to get to that bag. Or we need a house first. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this is a good time to talk about a few of your other creative endeavors. Wait, I, I just have this topic in my mind. All right. I have to get it out. What's it's good? one of those things. We need to rate every Kanye album. Like, just, just, right. just say that. Say the album and give a score. Let's see. We can just go from, from uh, back to front. From All right. I'm just going to list off the first one that pops in my head. And that's 808s and Heartbreaks. That's a hard seven for me. I'm, I'm saying with decimals, no whole numbers. Oh. You can't give a 10. Then I give that like a 7.8. It's like a 7-1. Seven, 7-1 one. Seven, one for you? Yeah. All right. Yay. We're going like way out of order. Okay. Yeah. Yay, is, yay is like a 5-9. Five, nine. A 5-9. Five, 5-9. Nine. Five, nine. There's I, no replay value on that album. I give two songs a replay on that yeah, album. Yeah, but that's not the album. That's two songs. But that's two out of seven. <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's like saying that's like saying two crayons out of the crayon box are fire. Well, yeah, it's red and black. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I I'm gonna agree with you. I'll give that one like a five nine at most. <laughs> at most, yeah. Your favorite album is graduation, right? No, no? late registration. Late registration? Late registration what? is like an eight nine, maybe a nine two. I'm gonna give that one like a eight point three. I'll say eight nine. We'll just go through all the late registrations. Grad late registration two. Late that one is worse. Yeah, that one was worse. That one was like a seven honestly a seven one. I have to like actually look at graduation. This is like a too intense conversation for nah, me to I just be nonchalantly. Graduation. We're just doing a solo piece. Graduation. Graduation. That's a fucking hard eight point like seven. Yeah, that's an eight seven. We are I'm not even gonna get into like my favorite Kanye album. Um what do you give Saint Pablo? Because 
I think it aged well, and that's why I'm giving it like a 7.7. Yeah. Do we count Kid See Ghosts as a Kanye no. album? Or Yeezus? Yeezus, 7.6. I'm going to give Yeezus a, let's see. I've been hearing a lot more influences from Yeezus. So this is not me saying it. <laughs> this is me saying from other people using things that were in Yeezus of an 8.3. Okay. That's valid. Okay. I understand that. Let's see. And then... um, Jesus is King, I didn't listen to. I'm not going 2.3. Yeah, I heard one song from it. I was like, this ain't for me, and I love I mean, Kanye. production was hot, but everything else was whack. Yeah, I don't need to hear this transform Kanye right now. I nah. think you give it, like, two more years and give us a gospel album, that might be, like, an eight or nine. We have one more, right? Yeah, it's the greatest album of all time. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. 7.9. Oh, I'm giving that shit 9.8. <laughs> that was from... The op- <laughs> the opening track, like, gives me goosebumps half the time I listen to it. Other than that, like, that album, it's it's Bro. good, but I don't, I don't see the hype. You want to know what the hype is? The hype August- is that Rihanna's on a track? No, is that the hype? No, fuck that. Fuck all of that. I just want to point out that Blame Game with John Legend okay. is possibly one of the best songs that Kanye has ever made. Yeah, you're right. And like Runaway's on that album too. Yeah. And I'm putting that like up with you know how much I love fucking Street Lights by Kanye. Yeah. So like and I didn't put 808s and Heartbreaks up high because that's the greatest. Honestly, I don't remember. Oh, you and music. What's your relationship to music? So like I started music playing trombone in elementary school. Seems like a logical thing to Seems start. S- Wait. You didn't have to recorder. Okay, well, we'll fuck the recorder first off. Everybody played the recorder. That isn't a start to music. That's a start to hearing loss. That is valid. It kind of gave me perfect. Pitch. I actually own a recorder now, but that's for meme purposes, nothing else. Started playing trombone elementary school, played through middle school. And when I got to high school, there was no music program. So I did what any logical teenager does that has access to the internet. And I went on youtube.com and I typed in how to get Logic Pro X for free and it worked and now I've had Logic Pro X ever since. And since then, I'm teaching myself like just how to produce music digitally instead of moving a slide back and forth in a trombone, but I haven't been working with trombone sounds ever. That's valid. I find it interesting that almost every single person that you meet is always like, I played an instrument in like elementary school and then as soon as I got to high school, I said, fuck all of that. And then I started I said, producing. I said, fuck all and started making trap beats. Yeah, and like started producing, like using either Logic, FL, Ableton. Now I use FL mostly, which people find really backwards. Because I like learned Logic fully. But then like on my laptop, it's just kind of difficult to use Logic, especially with no external MIDI instrument. So I've just been using FL because it's like an arcade game. You brought us to like an interesting topic because... Oh no, I know. Like, what we're about to say you know how much i love like just music production in general and learning new programs yeah but for some fucking reason i cannot get like into logic and okay logic i will say it's a very in in the year 2019 it's a very niche software if you were getting into logic in 2013 2012 logic was the best DAW, no competition i could actually fight you on that because cubase was out oh you're right but <laughs> and like actively giving updates and it Cubase just came was back. out studio one was just coming out yeah. then too studio one i never hear about anybody using it but that program is amazing you want to know who uses studio one the 40 somethings who are current like 40 year yeah, olds right who now uses it. who are like 
yo, fuck all that lame shit, rah, rah, rah. I ain't buying Pro Tools because that shit's still overly expensive. Yeah, that is who uses Studio One, actually. Those people also transition into people who use Reason, so shout out to them. Shout out Logan Wilder. Logan Wilder uses Reason. Remember when I was like, yeah, I exclusively use Reason, and then our near and dear friend Samuel started trying to fight me about it? I know. So yeah, like I was saying, in 2013, Logic was like almost undisputedly the best digital audio workspace. But then in later years, Ableton started coming into promise. And That's like 2011 to like then. Yeah, so like Ableton started picking up in like 2011 and then really started coming into the forefront 2015, 2016. And now it's 2019. Ableton is still like iron fist on the audio market and it's like DAW workspace because Ableton's great for production. Ableton's also great for post-production. Ableton's also great for recording. Ableton does it all. Yep. Logic, great for production. Amazing for production. Great for recording. Post-production is, it's lacking. Yeah, I can see that. And so like you've already learned Ableton. Yeah. So even if you wanted to learn Logic, there's like no reason unless you just like wanted to. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it. I just want to. What are you, what are you struggling with? I just... One, their keybinds. The keybinds are wack. as fuck. They are. And I've tried to like. It's not the most user friendly program. Yeah. I've tried to like reroute some of it so that it's similar to like Ableton, but then I'm just like, this shit just like it ain't cutting it. Like, yeah. Or I like think, FL. I think the one thing people struggle with the most when learning logic is just learning the ins and outs of how to get from here to there in the yeah. program. It's like the greatest helper for songwriting. If you figure it out or just the greatest. time in front of your DAW is like the biggest help you can give yourself. Yeah. Let's get back to you producing. Mm-hmm. You make hip hop mostly. Mostly. That, yeah. That's like your ting. That's my, like, my ringy ting ting. Yeah. Can you explain how you would start a song? How I've been starting songs recently. I'm highly influenced by producers like Jay Dilla and Q-Tip. Yeah. And they, they work primarily from samples, especially also producers like The Alchemist. Yep. And... So recently when I've been starting beats, I have this like huge like sample archive folder on my computer that I can sometimes go to, listen for reference, listen for inspiration. Can also go on the internet to a very scary website. Don't ever go here. You're not allowed to go to it. Whosample.com. Yeah. I've learned so much about just like from who sampled. Yeah. Yeah. That website's honestly terrifying. Like I didn't ever want to become like a famous like producer because of that website yeah. because like you just get exposed yeah. the crate digging philosophy that like comes from hip-hop got ruined from like what's it called got who ruined sampled. from who sampled but it's also like kind of helps there's like <laughs> there still is like a crate digging philosophy within like groups of people who work together yeah but like the, the massive like crate digging philosophy, like you can go into the lo-fi beats playlist on Spotify, which I think is just a hundred songs, and hear the same sample five times. Surprisingly, they've all learned how to flip it they, some different way. They those like type of producers, which I am somewhat in that category, I guess, all are very skilled at flipping samples, yeah. which I appreciate. But you still hear the same sample five times in a one hundred song playlist that's been curated by a music company. Which is like, what the fuck? Remember when it was simple and everyone was just sampling anime? 
<laughs> right. back, back in like 2015 when yeah. Oliver Francis was coming out and was like the hottest shit for a like, minute. As soon as like we went into like our junior year of high school. Yeah, Oliver Francis had like that no jumper interview and was like the hottest shit for a minute because everybody was sampling anime and he like was doing that shit for uh, like a, a while. And then all of a sudden Oliver Francis like back in the backdrop. I still think about those days because like, yeah. When I was like 2013, that's when I like started like really getting into sampling. Yeah. Like from because I watched too much anime. Okay. Um, <laughs> big, big power move. Not sampling anime, but sampling 80s Japanese um, hi fi hi-fi music. Close to city pop era. Close, city yeah. pop is what hi fi is. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you um, gone down that wormhole? A little bit. My issue with city pop is that it's funk music it from is funk. black people. Just with Japanese lyrics over it. Yeah. Uh, and then English randomly tossed in, which yeah. word shouts to that. It's very convoluted. We have so much American music that I'm just going to sit here inside my funk era <laughs> of the same, just right across the ocean, right across the Pacific, because California funk, for one, is also influenced from it. Yeah. So it's just like, why would I ever like do that? Plus, like, they come for your ass when it comes to, like, Samples. When it comes to clearance, yeah. yeah. Like I, I almost got bopped last month. It was bad. We need to stop sampling. Me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I can keep sampling all I want. I just can't put the music out. That's no fun. Okay, so like how I how I actually like go about making my music though is like like I said, I have that large archive. And I built that archive up by doing research and also sampling through digital and analog methods. And then I'll bring that file into a digital audio workspace like Logic or FL Studio or maybe once a month Ableton. And then I would do what's called flipping the sample, which is say you had 10 seconds of, give me a music artist's name. That's like a music um, artist you would sample. Give me their Ella name. Fitzgerald. So you had 10, 10 seconds of that artist's song. You got to make that 10 seconds different and you got to do it however you can, however you want. That's what flipping the sample is. And so you do that. And once you're done with that, you then arrange that flipped sample into a beat, melody structure, 16, 8, 16 structure, whatever you would, would like. And then you, then I arrange some drums on it, typically consisting of like a hi-hat, a snare, a kick drum, a shaker or a perk of some kind. And then it's from there, it's basically mi mixing. Yeah. Are, do you find that mixing for like hip hop beats is a little bit like repetitive and mixing annoying? for hip hop beats is very simple. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I guess that's part of the reason yeah. why reason why you broke out. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. It's kind of boring. Yeah, I mean, you just make your kick loud. You just you just <laughs> throw a compressor on the kick. You throw a compressor on the snare. You throw a multi band on the hi hat to make it sound a little warmer. You throw a little reverb on there to make it sound. <laughs> And that's your basic mix for hot for hip hop. Yeah, and then like your sample, just your sample. You throw sample. You throw an EQ on it yeah. if it if you need it to sound like lo-fi. You put it on a low pass. If not, you just kind of level it. It's kind of like irritating how much of a science I guess hip hop is because like you yeah. listen to like Jay Dilla and like Jay Dilla was a lot more of an art than yeah, science. Like you can see like. His philosophy of music, and I guess in Jabez as well, yeah. if you want to get into it, with like how they sampled and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then, like, you hear their mitzes, and like, it's all scientifically done. Like, yeah. they don't falter. There's no change in it. And like, it's just like, fuck, like, you made this. Well, like, I can understand why you had like a thousand beat library of like 30 second loops that you just, just like, I'm done with. 
Yeah. Have you fallen into that hole of your 30 second loops yet? I'm going to, I'm going to make a visual reference into this speaking reference. I'm about to say, I'm thinking we all know that meme of like the head stacked on top of the head, stacked on top of the head. And it's like the small brain, the medium sized brain, yep. the big brain. So the small brain is listening to music on a streaming platform. The medium brain is going to a concert of your favorite artist. And the big brain is looping shit in your bedroom so nobody else can hear it. Let's not talk about looping me. (laughs) Because that's the most mind-numbing thing that, like, music artists go through. I mean, it is mind-numbing, but also through looping, you start to hear that sound as, like, simply an eight bar. And then you're like, wait, I can sample my loops. Yeah, or you can sample. Have you gotten to the point where like I'm sampling my own loop? Like, yeah, you like close something, and you're like, "Yo, I'm gonna make that into a snare." Yeah, I had to stop. I started like carrying around my phone <laughs> outside I, in public, my phone, just recording. I think I have more than two gigabytes of audio recordings on my phone of the shit I've sampled and made into stuff. Yeah, it. Oh uh, wait, I have a I have a crazy like phone recording sample story. All right, that's here. So, Randy, can you please insert some intense music right now? My friends and I were a little intoxicated one night. I, my friend had a mason jar with him and he like opened it and I was like, yo, wait, can you close that and open it really fast? Like, just like, you know that? A, a little bit flick, like the initial yeah. opening with the pop kind of. Not even that. You know the fuck, you know the challenge that went around social media this summer of people trying to kick the cap off the bottles? Yeah. Like that, but just like with your finger and flicking it really fast and the thing flies off. Yeah. So I recorded that noise and made it into an open hat. That's actually kind of sick. You need to send me that. I will. I'll toss in a trap beat that make in like three seconds. <laughs> oh boy, I might sample that. I've been thinking. I've been <laughs> thinking are, about sampling. We have recorded on two mics. Yeah. We're about to sample it. I've been thinking about sampling like this whole entire room, just mostly because I've gotten bored. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any more questions for you today. You don't have any more questions? Let's see. I'm going to give you our speed round. I only do this when I care about like every last thing of a person, like how quickly they think. Favorite color? Green. What's the greatest thing that you've ever done in your life? Can I come back to this one? Yeah. Dogs or cats? Honestly, like it was dogs for my whole life. For the last few weeks, it's been cats. Best fruit? Best fruit? I don't eat much fruit. Stra- right. I'm going to say strawberries. Word. I can't fight you with that. What's the funniest looking vegetable? Funniest looking vegetable? Zucchini next. Funniest sounding vegetable? Funniest sounding vegetable? Asparagus. Ultra Boost or Nike Air Force Ones? Air Force 106 White. All right, I can't fight you. <laughs> Robots taking over the world in the next 10 years. I don't see next 10 years. I see within the next 30, though. Next 30? Word. Will you be by my side when that happens? I feel like you might be with the robots. That is fair. We can get to me wanting to take over the world in a different episode. We, I mean, we're just trying to take over the world. We could, we just have to do it whatever way we can. Yeah. I have one more question. One more question. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Stop time. And what would you do with that? <laughs> Think about all the things you could do with it. No, that's the reason why I want to know it. You can do anything if you stop time. All right. Give me a specific thing that you know that you would do like the first time that you figured out first, that you could do it. First time I figured out I would stop. So like if I figured out I could stop time right now, I would probably like just mess with the first person I saw. Oh, so that would be me. Yeah. But just think about everything you could do if you could stop time. Like you, if you ever seen the movie... There's a movie that came out in 2006. With Adam Sandler? No, not <laughs> Click. Fuck that movie. It's a, 
it's not a very good movie, but it's called Jumper. Oh, that movie is fire. The guy could teleport, but you could do everything he could just if you could stop time. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to figure out how to travel between intercontinents. I might pick teleportation. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying with stop time because I'd be fire. Either one's good. Yeah. I prefer teleportation just for the sheer fact. Because you could rob banks? No, not even that. You know how much stupid shit that you could do? And just get away with it. Yeah. Like, in terms of just, like, picking on, like, tapping someone on the shoulder and just teleporting, like, right in front of them. Like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been right here this whole entire time. I guess you could do that with stopping time, too. It's the same concept. You just move yourself. Also, I'm trying to go, like, to Hawaii and then plane tickets kind of expensive. I'm going to pick teleportation and then see if I can swap it out later. Yeah. If I can, it's okay. (laughs) All right. So... I think that sums up our episode today. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. If anyone wants to contact you, say for portrait client photos. No. Or a nice beat cook-up session. Maybe. Or just like want to like shoot with you someday and just like see how you like you edit and shit. Where would they be able to find you? Instagram.com slash 617px. Is there anything that you'd like to say to anyone? Like to your mom? Or to Samuel. I really got to think about it. Or to Randy. I really got to think about it. All right. And do you have a website? I don't. Why not? Because I just haven't finished making it. All right. So you're lazy. Yeah, basically. It's cool. And if someone wanted to play Call of Duty with you, and then that's I'm retired. Oh, damn. That was me trying to get That was you trying to get me to play again. (laughs) Because I'm about to buy Call of Duty. I'm not buying it. I'm reformed. Okay. Yeah. Keep that same energy during the summer, bud. <laughs> we'll see. I thank you guys very much for coming to this episode. Well, listen to this episode. This was your boy Shmo on Shit You Should Know. And if you could, please leave us a rating on Apple. Make sure to save this and like it on Spotify. If you listen to this on any other platform, make sure that you do some shit like that interact interactions are great we love interactions interact with our content and if you guys need to submit a show send it to auto sounds mgmt at gmail.com or dm us at auto underscore sounds on instagram and if none of those work and for whatever reason no one's getting back to you you can shoot me a DM at schmoace, that's S-C-H-M-O-A-C-E, and I will get back to you within like the next like 10 minutes because I always use Instagram. So peace out and have a great day. I love you. Yeah, I, so I'm going to need you to follow, follow us on our socials at auto underscore sounds. Make sure you tune in on Monday's Sure Heard. And thank you for thank supporting. Thank you for supporting.